Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. And a very pleasant good afternoon on this Thursday, October the 14th, as yeah, you gotta play. If you want to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, and Alabama did not, and they found themselves in a mega upset here as we talk about it all on the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Glad to have you with us, Desmond McLaughlin, George Koff here, as always, as we break down episode number 61 in the last week in college football. And Desmond, let's just uh, legitimately, let's address the elephant in the room. My goodness, what a win for Texas A&M on Saturday night. I agree, George. That was... We'll talk about that later. Definitely one of the greatest games this year. Quick shift back tomorrow night. Your favorite ML team versus my favorite MLB team. Astros for Red Sox. Gonna be a great postseason series, George. How are you talking about? I'm not an Astros fan, Desmond. Come on. Man. I'm sorry. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. I always forget. I always forget that you're also not an Astros fan. I'm, I'm a Rangers so, fan. I am so excited to see the Astros lose. I, I'm actually gonna take the Red Sox. No, see, now you come with Red Sox. I'm just right. Join, join the bandwagon. <laughs> the bandwagon. I'm signing it. Here we go. Signed, sealed, and delivered. But Desmond, back, back to back to the football here for a second. That that AM team, we talked about it. They were getting underappreciated. You mentioned it last week. You said like Alabama may not be taking you know AM seriously because of the losses they had had, especially, you know, the and even even what Nick Saban was saying about their defense. So Nick Saban was, do you think serious about AM defense? He saw something that the voters did not. Well, and I th- I think part of it, too, is the fact that this defense didn't just show up. They buckled down when they had to. A big interception in the red zone, in the end zone, of course, to stop a drive. A big fumble on third down that would have kept the drive going for Alabama. And, yeah, sure, they went quiet in the second. You know, they, they allowed a lot of points in the second half. But then that big third down stop when they needed it to give in the football to win the football game, you got it. You got to applaud that defense there. But that's not some anything that we were, you know, we knew the defense was going to play well. We just didn't know what the offense was going to do. And boy, oh boy, did Zach Calzada come up big. He had his best game in an a and uniform, 21 for 31, 285 passing yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He had the highest quarterback rating against Alabama in a win since Justin Fields did it in 2019. No, that's definitely his most impressive game of the season. Um, and that was, a, that was a great win, George. I mean, of course, the huge upset against the mighty Alabama, but this really shakes up the SEC a lot. I mean, if for some reason Alabama loses again, I mean, there are three or four teams in the SEC that have one loss. I know Ole Miss is one of them. They already lost to Alabama, but um, Ole Miss has a very good chance of going unbeaten the rest of the season. So Alabama definitely has two, too. So that's definitely a little bit of pressure on um, on Alabama. Yeah, I think the big thing here is people are, are maybe taking a little bit too much of a, you know, oh, a and is going to win the SEC now. Well, let's time out for a second. Well. There's got to be a lot to happen for that to yeah. work. Now, granted, AM does have the tiebreaker over Alabama. So if Alabama does f- come up with one more loss, then yeah, you're in a good shape. But I think I think the SEC is wide open this year. Um, we're going to talk about that Georgia-Kentucky game later on in this episode. But 
I think that's a big game for either side. Um, so the SEC works. So they're, they have East and West, right? Correct. So does it work? Because I know they have to keep a conference record. Is it just between the East and West or the SEC alone? Like how do no, I know? It's the East and West. So the East champion plays the West champion in the conference. Champion. Okay, okay. So, yeah, they have a good chance. They got tiebreaker and they lost to Arkansas and, and Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. I don't know which ones. And Mississippi State, both teams, Arkansas has lost twice in the SEC play. You need Arkansas to lose one more time because a doesn't have the tiebreaker there. And then Mississippi oh, yeah. State, you need to lose two more times, which is very feasible because both teams still haven't played Alabama. So yeah. uh, there is a chance Mississippi State, of course, plays Alabama this weekend. So there is a chance that you're going to feel like a is back in the thick of things. But, and that's something we're going to talk about here in a second, Desmond. Yeah, it's a win, and you have to be really proud of the win and proud of the way the Aggies played. But Jimbo Fisher mentioned it right after the game, even on Monday, too. Look, we got to put it aside. We got to put it aside. We got to look ahead to this week. You cannot get into this, what they call an Alabama hangover, where you – play so well that you forget that you have the rest of the season. And I think that's going to be key here against Missouri coming up on Saturday. One of the things, Desmond, too, to look at at recent history against Mizzou, AM has not done great. AM has not done great against the Tigers since joining the SEC. They've played three times, and they've only won one of them. Um, now, granted, 2013-2014, Missouri was this juggernaut in the SEC East that was winning the SEC East those three years, those two years. So that's something to think about. But um, funny story, the last time that A&M beat a number one team at home was in 2002. They upset number one Oklahoma. And the following week, they lost to Missouri, a team they should have beat. See uh, see the rhythm here, Desmond? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, here's the thing with Missouri. Let's look at their run defense for a second. When I say it is the worst in the SEC, I'm not just saying that figuratively. Desmond, it is literally the worst. Last place it is the worst run defense, not just in the SEC, but in the entire Division I football. Stephen F. Austin has a better run defense than Missouri does, Desmond. Your small school has a better run defense than Missouri does. <laughs> they allow over three, I think it's like averaging 380 yards on the ground. AM has allowed 335 yards on the ground the entire season. Uh, that's going to sum it up right here. Isaiah Spiller, Devon A. Chain, they're going to get the ball a lot. I think that's going to help Calzada get back into the rhythm. That's what he did really well on Saturday. He got into a rhythm. Desmond, he was 14 for 15 on his first throw, on his or 13 for 14 in the first half. And that one incompletion was an interception. So I think Calzada has found his groove. I think this AM offense has found their groove. I'd like to see them start early. If they can't start early, I think, you know, we're going to maybe see a little bit of a, of a, you know, a rocky start, but I think AM recovers. I've got them winning this one 38 to 21. Back in the rankings, they're 21st in the rankings. They're going to keep moving on up. I think if they can win out, they have stand a very good chance. If things can fall, the dominoes can fall right. I think they stand a very good chance of getting to the SEC championship game. And then who knows from there? Uh, what, what do you see in this game here playing out at noon? Yeah, George, I mean, I, I agree about the Alabama hangover, having big games and, you know, falling short the next game. But I wouldn't worry too much about Missouri. I mean, I think like the most impressive win this year is, no, no offense, but North Texas yeah. so far. 
Um, I'm pretty sure they lost to Boston College too. I think um, a and is definitely going to have to keep the keep the uh, foot on the pedal, though. I think they win this game 38-13. Yeah, that, that's the key with A&M is in the, a game like this where you're, you're after coming off a really good win and a really good opponent, you have to just treat that opponent, even if they're not as good as the opponent you just played, you have to treat them with the same respect and the same level. Because Missouri does have a good defense. They play good defense at home. Um, their run defense is not quite as bad at home than it is on the road. And I think that's going to be the key here. It's also a first venture out of the state of Texas for a game this year. Remember, they played – or second venture, excuse me. They played Colorado in Denver. However, that was technically a neutral site game. So this is truly our first road game that they are going onto a new campus, a, 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 a campus that is not their own um, to play. And I think that's going to be the biggest factors – can AM block out the noise? Can they find a way to win on Saturday at noon? And we'll see if they can do that, if the Maroon Wright can do that. Because if, if they can, I think they're they're gonna put themselves in a really good position uh, this season. Eight point favor, eight and a half point favorites for the Aggies, in case anyone was wondering. And you can catch kickoff at 11 a.m. on SEC Network. All right, Desmond, let's move past the hype and the just you know, what we saw on Saturday on prime in prime time under the lights on Saturday on ES, on CBS to what we saw on Thursday last week, a week ago, as the Cougars, they showed up and showed out against the Tulane Green Wave, able to get a 40 to 22 win. Your thoughts quickly. George, we are hyped down here as well. That is five in a row. And I, I'm pleased because I'm looking at our, our schedule. The biggest threat we have left is SMU, and if we end the season with a two-loss team, I am pleased. I am very pleased. Um, and also, I just want to mention, I actually was wrong. Um, I thought I had my facts right, but I was watching the game, and apparently I mentioned that we are terrible at third down, but I guess the announcers didn't agree with me, saying that they are one of the better teams third down, and I'd like to apologize for that. Um, defense did a great job with three or four fumbles, and, you know, if we have a bye week, um, and I'm ready. I'm really, I'm really ready for this game against SME. That's going to be a really good game. I know they're undefeated and in the rankings. So if we get that win, we could be in the top 25. Yeah, no, that SMU game loom, looms large. And especially the fact that they, SMU has a very interesting stretch there. That does when they mm. play Houston. And then I either believe it's the week before or the week after that they play Cincinnati. So that mm. is going to be a very, very interesting stretch for SMU football. Um, but on the other side of the coin, Houston is playing extremely well. Clayton Toon, we talked about it last week. You either live or yeah. die with Clayton Toon. You live right now in five straight wins, and he's starting to find his rhythm. I think same thing with Calzada. It took him a little bit to figure out where he fits in the offense, but once you do, you start seeing that consistently. I think that's what we're going to see with Calzada. It took him a bit to understand what his role in the offense is. And, um, of course, you have to credit the defense. Houston yeah. was down. Houston was down in that game. And ended up scoring what they unanswered, right? They they scored the last twenty eight points. Or, they killed it. Yeah, they scored the last points of the ball game, and um, I do think that SM, I, I do think that Houston can compete in the American. I think the yeah. three best teams right now in the American Conference are Cincinnati, Cincinnati, SMU, and Houston in that order. And I think that you know Houston doesn't get a chance to play Cincinnati in regular season play, so the next time they play them would be in the conference championship if they can get there. Um, but I do think if you're looking at that, those two teams, they match up really well on paper. 
I think Houston has a really good defense. Cincinnati has a good defense. Cincinnati's offense is really good. So is Houston. So I think you start, you look at, you know, maybe it could be a really interesting game between those two if we get to that far. But of mm-hmm. course, bye week, chance to get healthy, chance to get some rest and get look forward to the back half of the season. You know, you get East Carolina, which is not playing bad, to, you know, so to speak. They're playing mediocre football. And mediocre football in college football is always a team are always teams you have to be careful about because they can either win and surprise you or they can come out and just look really bad. So I think it will be interesting to see what the Pirates do on the road against the Cougars. Of course, that's a home game for uh, the red and white for Houston. But we'll talk more about that next week and see uh, where they go out of this bye week. Looking around the state of Texas, Desmond, as we move forward. We got three big games on the schedule, BYU-Baylor, TCU-Oklahoma, and Louisiana Tech-UTEP. We'll get to that last one in a second, but we'll start first. The 19th-ranked BYU Cougars traveled to Waco uh, for a matchup between future Big 12 opponents. Remember BYU joining the Big 12 soon? Uh, This is actually going to be part of a home-and-home that they're playing this year in Waco, and the Baylor Bears will turn the favor next year and play in Utah. Um, Desmond. Mormons versus the Baptists, so to speak, Uh, as the Cougars and the Bears battle. Uh, Cougars coming off an upset that they got upset by Boise State. A lot of people thought that BYU would have a chance to go 10-0 and and, and, and get to the last half of the season. But Desmond, Baylor, uh, Baylor's looking like a pretty good team after losing to Oklahoma State. What happens here? Yeah, George, I definitely think – I'm going to go with Baylor on this one. I think it's going to be a close game. This is not my upset pick of the week. I know that I discussed with you about that, but I thought about it. You're right. I probably should have gone with something somewhere different, but I think we're going to win this one 27-20. I definitely think the home field advantage will come into the effect. And also the turnovers. I believe uh, BYU turned over four times. Yeah, and that's three of them were inside the red zone. And that's something Baylor really capitalizes on this season. So it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good one. Uh, 2.30 on ESPN. I mean, of course, that 2.30 slot is really good this week, too. The, of course, the 11 a.m. is good as well, but the 2.30 slot's really good. Um, I actually have Baylor as well. I think Baylor's a good team. I don't think BYU is quite as good. Um, I will be really interested to see this game in two years when it's Big 12 versus Big 12 because I think that may change the perception that we have on, on BYU a little bit. But for the time being, I've got the Baylor Bears winning this one at home, 43 to 30. Um, Baylor is a six and a half point favorite too. So both of us uh, taking the, the spread and we'll keep moving forward here. TCU and Oklahoma. Oh boy, Desmond, this has been the talk of the town. Oklahoma. So it was reportedly Lincoln Riley's not doing any more media availability because the Oklahoma student newspaper, shout out to our student journalists, uh, used binoculars to find out that Caleb Williams is taking first team snaps uh, and that Spencer Rattler is taking second team snaps uh, and caused all this, you know, chatter with Spencer Rattler about entering the transfer portal, which he hasn't yet, although there are talks that he will if he doesn't get enough playing time in the next few weeks. So Desmond, my question to you, of course, we've seen that side of the coin. TCU Mm. with Zach Evans has a really good run, run attack. And Oklahoma couldn't stop Bijan Robinson this past week. They did it just enough because Bijan didn't get the ball in the second half. So my question to you is, does Oklahoma win? And if they do, do they cover the 14-point spread? No, I think it's be a lot closer. I think it's be closer. I have Oklahoma winning this game. Big 12 shoot, as always, with Oklahoma playing 
5448. Wow. This whole, this whole drama with Spencer Rattler. I know last week I said I felt I felt bad about how I still kind of do about how the way the fans treated him, but I've done my research. He's very cocky, but he was good, so that was understandable. Now I'm like, I, I don't know if anyone saw, but after the end of the game, he didn't celebrate with his teammates, didn't congratulate Caleb Williams, walked off the field kind of in a mood. And, you know, if you look at other people like Jalen like um, Jalen Hurts, first thing he did during that championship was he went to hug Tua and was, you know, embracing his team. That's what, that's what teammates do. There's a difference and between leaders do. Yeah, there's a difference between being a good player and a team player. And unfortunately, exactly. Spencer Rattler was not a good player on Saturday. He was, he was not. Losing. Yeah, he was not. Lincoln Riley made the right decision. Caleb Williams comes back and leads the team to the second largest comeback in Oklahoma history. You got to mm-hmm. give your 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 uh, what do you call it? Your quarterback competition some credit there. You gotta go if you're Spencer. You gotta thank him, George, because Spencer Rattler still has a chance of coming back as a starting quarterback, and he's like I've lost under his belt because someone came in and stepped up and did his job for him. Yeah, and I think it's it's you know the story of Spencer Rattler, preseason Heisman candidate. It was going to be this talk of the town, and then from week one, just starts to go down, and even further, and even further, getting booed by his home fans, and then getting benched for the second straight year in the Red River game. You just have to think maybe there's a change. Maybe that needs to be a change, and maybe Caleb Williams starts. Who knows? Who, who knows what ends up happening on Saturday? Uh, but I think I'm actually taking Oklahoma as well, Desmond. Uh, this is my underdog of the week. I think Oklahoma. I think TCU covers the 14-point spread. They lose by 10 is what I have, 34-24, but it might even be closer than that. Um, so is this your underdog, or are you just taking an old-fashioned nope, Big 12 shootout? No, I have a, uh, another game's my underdog. Okay, okay. Big 12 shootout for Desmond's prediction in that game, and that's a the Saturday night football game on ABC from Norman, Oklahoma. All right, Desmond. Louisiana Tech, UTEP. I mentioned it earlier, but UTEP coming off their a win and their best start since 2010 when they went five as one, five and one in that game or that season rather. They face Louisiana Tech, who's not having a great year. They're having a bit of an off year. Typically, they're pretty strong in the Conference USA. Um, this could be a really big, big game, but more importantly, this could set up a really interesting showdown in a few weeks when UTEP and UTSA battle it out um potential you know one loss or even battle of unbeaten versus one loss so i actually have utep winning this one 31 15 they are 6.5 point underdogs but i think they get it done on their home turf desmond what about you quickly yeah george uh you took win this they have one loss losing tech has two wins struggling on the season 27 14 utep gets the win yeah, it should be an interesting one on ESPN Plus. 8 p.m. kickoff uh, there from El Paso. All right, we are in week seven, which means it is time for our preseason awards. Cue the music. You know, the Oscars, you know. So yeah. we will pick our offensive player, our defensive player, our special teams player, our sleeper team of the season so far, our game or games of the year, the biggest upset, which I th- hope we're both on in agreement, and the midseason Heisman Trophy winner. So we'll start first with our Offensive Player of the Year. And Desmond, um, I was looking, and I think we actually have the same Offensive Player of the Year. I've got Kenneth Walker III, our running back from Michigan State. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
let's not lie. That's that's kind of obvious. I mean, in my opinion, and a lot of people, he's kind of a clear favorite right now to lead the Heisman Trophy race. Without a doubt, um, yeah. Great player, definitely in the Michigan State offense, which I'll talk more about in a second. But, yeah, by far. Yeah, he, he is leading – the, the nation in rushing yards, in rushing touchdowns. This man had a four-touchdown uh, performance in his very first game as a Spartan, and he's just not stopped since then. He's actually a Wake Forest transfer, Desmond. Transfer from Wake yeah. Forest because he was the backup and said, no, I could be the starter somewhere. And here we are talking about him as the offensive player so far of this season. You have to be happy with that. And I think uh, he's going to lead Michigan State to some interesting wins. Who knows what happens in the Big Ten? Uh, five teams in the Big Ten are ranked in the top ten. So that's uh, pretty wild. Let's talk to the defense. Desmond, um, I couldn't decide on one player. I actually have the entire defensive line for Georgia. Uh, Georgia's <laughs> defense has just been so, so good. I mean, yeah. I, I can't. I, I can't. I'm so glad AM doesn't have to play Georgia, at least right now. You know, who knows, maybe in the SEC championship game. But right now, this Georgia defense is different. They're built different, and they are by far the best defense in the country. Shout out to the defensive line. What about you? I'm going to go with Jalen Foster, uh, defensive back from South Carolina. Um, I was looking at stats, and just very impressive. Two forced fumbles, four interceptions, 36 solo tackles. He's definitely had himself. I know he does play for a great team, but when you can stand out on a – on a team like that, then you deserve credit where credit is due. Absolutely, especially on a South Carolina defense that has struggled recently. Yeah. I mean, hey, South Carolina put up the most points against Georgia, the defense, this entire season. So, um, <laughs> And one of them, I think, was a pick six, if I remember correctly. So shout out to that South Carolina defense, I guess. Um, special teams player of the year for you, or so far, uh, for you, Desmond. Yeah, easy. No bias at all. Marcus Jones, our punt returner. Um, even the, the announcer was talking about him last week. Um, they didn't want to kick the ball his way. Um, they kicked it. Um, they have touchbacks every single kickoff. Punt returns. He had a fair call every single time. Uh, I think he's leading the nation right now. If not, I don't, I don't know after last week, but he was leading the nation in punt return touchdowns. I think he was preseason All-American or um, first team for, um, for special teams. He's, he's good. Yeah, you know, I couldn't decide. Devon A. Chain's really good for AM, of course, with that kickoff return touchdown. He's had a really good <laughs> he's had a really good average too on his kick returns. Um, but I actually went with a punter. Uh Tory Taylor, he's the Iowa punter. And Desmond, I don't know if you watched that Iowa Penn State game at all last week. Iowa had to punt, I think it was nine times. Six of the nine punts were inside the 20-yard line. Mm. Uh that says it all for me. Uh, I really like this guy. He's a really good punter. He has kicked a field goal because their field goal kicker was uh, injured or something during – I don't know what the whole story was, but he did kick a field goal. Um, so I'm going to call him my special teams player so far. Uh, sleeper team of the year so far in your mind? I don't know if they're much like – you call it sleeper, but I'm saying the future. I'm going to go with Michigan State, you know. Ooh, I mean, okay. Howard behind a very great running back. They're undefeated. They're sitting just outside or uh, barely top 10. Um, I do know that they still have to play Michigan, Iowa State, Penn State. But think about this team, if they get all those wins under their belt, they would have played some of the toughest of the tough. And I think they're I think they're slept on. I think they're I think they're slept on. I don't think anyone expected them to go six and no. 
Um, yeah. I think that's the big thing is there's been, a, you know, Mel Tucker's doing a fantastic job as head coach and is only his second season there in East Lansing. I'm going with Wake Forest. I know I've talked about Wake Forest a lot. They're talk about a team that shouldn't be 4-0 in the ACC, but they are. Now, of course, they have a back half of the season that is wild. They have North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson, and Boston College all do up. But the biggest thing for them is, Desmond, this is the first time they're 4-0 in ACC play since 1940, I believe, is, is the correct statistic. Mm. They're 6-0 for only the second time in 30 years, something like that. So uh, I like this Demon Deacons, Demon Deacons team. They eked out a win against Syracuse last week in overtime. Um, I think they're just going to get better as they go as the season goes along. That Wake Forest Clemson game, watch out. It is, I believe, in Clemson, but oh boy, could be a real interesting show down there uh, come November. Game of the year or games of the year, and Desmond, um, I think we have a clear number one. I have two other games that I thought were really good, but I think clear number one has got to be OU Texas. Yeah. That was by far. I mean, of course, last year, too, was a fantastic game. This game, I think, topped it. I think this game this year topped it just because of how much how much fight there was in Oklahoma and making it an instant classic. Uh, and, of course, there's, you're always going to get an instant classic in the Red River game, but this year is no different. I actually have Oregon-Ohio State on my list as well. That was a fantastic game. Uh, underrated uh, upset as well. Oregon was a good team. They beat an Ohio State team that – offensively was there just defensively was not um I, i'm gonna put alabama florida on that list as well and you're probably asking george why not AM alabama we'll just hang on uh but alabama florida that was a really good game florida came back and um you know almost got the win but what about you obviously OU texas but what uh, else yeah yeah um but i also have arkansas on this i don't know if oh, you ever watched that game yes i i had arkansas on upset pick Great game, George. Down to the line, Arkansas ends up going for two. Well, don't know why, but they did. Bowl booth didn't work out. They ended up losing 52-51. And, of course, as you mentioned, the uh, a alabama game, of course. Um, so those would probably be my two greatest games of the year. Definitely OU-Texas, too, up there. Yeah, Arkansas-Miss-Ole Miss was fantastic. I think they had three touchdowns in the last minute, Yeah, which was just wild. Um, of course, no defense there. Uh, but either way, it was just one of those matchups that I, I, I actually am going to bet, but in here, I know it's going to take us a little bit longer, but um, shout out to B Sam Pittman for going for two. I think he knew that he probably wasn't going to be able to compete with Lane Kiffin in overtime. So you take your, you take your uh, chances at winning it without going to OT. And, you know, he knew that if he didn't get it, he loses. And if he gets it, he wins. So it's a, you know, you know, what's going to happen. Everyone yeah. in the stadium knows you're going to throw it to your best receiver. He did. It was just a bad throw. I mean, honestly, it wasn't even in a position where Burks could catch it. But shout out to uh, shout out to Arkansas's coaching staff for deciding to go for it. You got to have some gutsy calls, especially against Lane Kiffin, who you never know what he's going to pull out of his hat. So, um, but yeah, fantastic game. That and OU Texas going on at the same time. Right. Beautiful. Um, speaking of OU Texas, of course. Uh, big, big games. Biggest upset of the year. Uh, is this even a question? Come on now. A&M over Alabama. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, mark my words, I don't think it's going to be the last time we see a number one team lose today, this year. Um, I think whoever is ranked number one is going to lose again. Um, I'm also going to put Stanford, Oregon on there. 
Stanford, Oregon, fantastic game. I didn't even get to see the end of it because I was in the stands for AM Mississippi State. But what a fantastic finish there in Palo Alto. Um, what about you, Desmond? Yeah, definitely going to piggyback. Um, definitely AM Alabama, but I had that as my greatest game of the year. So I wanted to choose another one. And I was going to say Stanford, Oregon as well. You know, Oregon was undefeated. Um, they're in the top spot and they're looking good. They look like they're going to have a great rest of the season and Stanford came and beat them. I was like, wow. Yeah. No, a that struggling was... Stanford team came out and did that. So that's definitely one of the, those two games that the biggest upset so far. Yeah. I believe Stanford had a, or Oregon had a 99.1% <laughs> chance of winning the game at one point with two minutes to go and they ended up losing in overtime. Um, but that was one of those games where you just watch, you're like, wow, what am I witnessing? Same thing with a Alabama. Well, wow. Yeah. What am I witnessing? And then of course, uh, Mid-season Heisman Trophy winner uh, so far. Well, I've, I've talked about this already, but Kenneth Walker. Um, okay. Michigan State, yeah. Um, I actually have Matt Corral still. Um, okay. I, I, I think he's not quite the best offensive player um, in the in the country right now, but I do think he is the best quarterback. And let's be real for a second, Desmond. Quarterbacks win the Heisman. Sorry, Devontae Smith won it last year as receiver, but let's look on the long run. It's always typically a quarterback. I'm going to go with Matt Corral. I think he's the best quarterback. I think Bryce Young is good, but I think Matt Corral is better. Um, so, but I would say Kenneth Walker is a close second. Um, if a running back is going to win, it will be him. Uh, but all right, let's pick the games. Desmond, you're upset. Lost last week, of course, with Arkansas. My upset also lost with Arizona State not being able to get it done against Stanford or Stanford not being able to get it done against I don't even know. Was this my upset last week? Yeah, Stanford not being able to pick or get the win. Um, so we'll keep moving here. But I am five and one against the spread. So shout out to them, North Texas Mean Green, for covering in the last two minutes. <laughs> they got two touchdowns in the last two minutes to make sure they didn't lose by 19. So um, unfortunately, you're uh, or no, and you're uh, Oklahoma. I think did I choose a last week? You did choose A and M, and they did get it. Out. They did uh, get the win last week. So uh, I believe that's correct. You may have chosen Arkansas, or Oklahoma State. Gosh, I can't remember. I'll have to go back and look. But I think you did choose Texas A and M, if I remember correctly. So shout out mm -hmm. to you, getting that correct. You you knew something that we didn't. So uh, <laughs> that the world didn't. All right, we're gonna try to rapid fire these picks so we don't keep this episode too long Desmond quickly we'll start with Friday night football Clemson Syracuse this game I feel like early early on in the season had a lot of hype now it's just kind of yeah. now it's just kind of meh um do you think Syracuse quickly does Syracuse have a chance yes I do I think they do have a chance um I don't think they win I think they do have a chance though Clemson 23-20 it's gonna be really yeah. close I had a close game as well 24-21 uh this is actually my I believe that Syracuse will cover the spread Okay. Yeah, Clemson is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. we'll cover it. Yeah, good, good pick. Um, I almost picked it, but I thought, you know what, this could either be one of those games where Syracuse shows up and they lose, or Clemson's going to just absolutely fine offensively where they get rid of their offensive woes and just blow them out. So we'll see. Four years ago, the Orange pulled off that upset when Clemson was number two, so – you never know what happens in Syracuse, New York. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas is our next game. 
as we start Saturday slate. 11 a.m. big noon kickoff game for Fox. And Desmond, Texas, of course, trying to bounce back. Oklahoma State trying to show that they're still an undefeated team to be uh, appropriately recognized. I think Oklahoma State is pound for pound the best team in the Big 12. I know, I know that sounds stupid. I know that sounds weird. But I think they are slightly better than Oklahoma. And I think this is going to be the toughest game that they get before that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. They've already played Baylor, and they won. I, I don't see, foresee a future where uh, Oklahoma State is a two-loss team going into that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. I have them beating the Longhorns 41-38. to 38. I almost called this my upset because Texas is a four-and-a-half-point four favorite, but Oklahoma State is, a tw- is ranked 12th. I don't think that's fair to call it an upset. So Oklahoma State wins. I do. Okay, okay. I think it's fair. I mean, Oklahoma State's undefeated and it's ranked higher. This is an upset tip, George. I'll have to go with Texas. I still think they're a very sharp team. Yes, they lost to Oklahoma, but it was a very close game. I think a couple things could have changed. Texas could have the dub. But uh, unfortunately, I'm rolling with Texas this week. Final score? Uh, 44-36. Interesting. All right. Oklahoma State, I got, he's got Texas. We'll keep moving forward here. Auburn, Arkansas. Desmond, Auburn, Arkansas, this was one of those contested matchups last year where Arkansas should have gotten the ball and won the game, but there was a fumble that was called an illegal snap, this and that. Auburn won. Auburn's won five straight over Arkansas. Remember what Arkansas did a few weeks ago to AM when they had lost nine in a row? Yeah, Arkansas does that this time. They snap their streaks. They're trying to change history. They're trying to change the narrative there in Fayetteville. I got Arkansas winning 34-21. Yeah, definitely. Um, Arkansas, of course, lost to almost very close game as well. Having winning this game 31-17. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game there. 11 a.m. kick on CBS. That's the first of a doubleheader on CBS. UCF and Cincinnati. Desmond, one, two, three. Say your winner. One, two, three. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, I, think it's, I don't think it's going to be close. <laughs> no. No. Shout out to uh, the Bearcats. They're going to keep their uh, – they're going to keep it in it. I got 45-17. You? I got 41-10. Yeah, they're going to keep their playoff uh, hopes alive for at least the time for another week. Kentucky, Georgia. Okay, we'll slow down for a little bit. College game days back to Athens. This game could go either way. Probably a so-called SEE. SEC East championship game, if you will, where, you know, the winner of this is probably going to win that division and get to Atlanta. Desmond, we talked about Georgia being the best team in the country. At least I have for the last few weeks. Kentucky's one of these teams that kind of plays, they play feisty. They play with a chip on their shoulder every single week. Uh, My gut is telling me to pick Georgia and that's what I'm picking. But if Kentucky wins, it's kind of like A&M Alabama last week. If Kentucky wins, I don't think we should be completely shocked. I got the Georgia Bulldogs winning 34 to 13, but watch out for the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, George, I, I hate you, but I think Georgia's just been dominating all season long. I have 38-17. I think they win this game pretty comfortably. Yeah, it, it's the uh, CBS uh, 2.30 game of the week there in Athens, Georgia. Of course, game day will be – starting at 8 a.m. Central Time there from Athens for their second trip in three weeks to the foothills of Georgia. All right, we move to our back half of our picks with Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. 
Desmond, this is an interesting ACC matchup. Winner of this probably has the advantage in their division, which is the Coastal Division. It's always chaotic. I have Pittsburgh winning this one 30 to 23. Um, I wish Pittsburgh had not lost to Western Michigan early on in the season because I think we could be talking about Pittsburgh being a uh, college football playoff candidate. But right now, at one loss, with that being their one loss, no thank you. 30 to 23 Panthers. How about you even go Virginia Tech with this one? Okay. And this will be close, 17-10. But I think they'll shake things up. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Mm-hmm. Of course, 2.30 p.m. kick, ESPN2. All right, Desmond, Ole Miss and Tennessee. You know what Lane Kiffin says? Bring your popcorn, get ready for some uh, from high-fire high uh, offense and, and some uh, big, just big throws and, and big energy, if you will. Uh, well, you know, they're running into a – chainsaw that is the Tennessee Volunteers who have scored 28 points in the first quarter of the last two weeks. Uh, Desmond, you know what happens when you score 28 points in the first quarter two weeks in a row? Do a third week. You almost do it a third week. You're, offensive, <laughs> you're offensively sound. You're offensively sound. You know where your offense should be going. You know how your quarterback is playing. It's enough for me to pick the upset over the Ole Miss Rebels. I think Ole Miss gets a, a loss. I think Tennessee comes out with a win. I think we're all underestimating Tennessee because of all the troubles they had in the offseason with a new coach, new athletic director, with all the recruiting, the McDonald money in McDonald's bags. I got the Tennessee Volunteers winning at home under the lights on Saturday, 48 to 41. This is a good old-fashioned Big 12 shootout that happens in the SEC. Give me the Volunteers. Go on Rocky Top, baby. Woo! Wow, against your own Heisman winner, George. <laughs> I, I'm I'm have to go with Matt Corral and Ole Miss on this one. Um, they played exceptionally well last week against Arkansas, who I was kind of training for. I think this one will win this game 24-7. Yeah, there's going to be no defense in this game. Um, I hope <laughs> people understand that. And, and I will say this. Matt Corral's going to lose, but I think he's going to be the best quarterback. He'll probably pass for 300 yards. Quite, quite literally. This is going to be one of those. Remember the Patrick Mahomes Baker Mayfield shootout a few years ago? Yeah. Oklahoma, Texas Tech. We're talking that type of game where both yeah. quarterbacks are going to be high flying back and forth, back and forth uh, because Ole Miss doesn't know how to play defense. That's why the score is going to be so high. Um, all right. NC State, Boston College. NC State is ranked. They're <clears> coming <throat> off their bye week. They are facing a Boston College team that is getting underappreciated, undervalued. Desmond, this game is going to be one of the closest games of the weekend, if not one of the closest games of the year. I think the Wolfpack are a good team, but they're running into a Boston College team that is may, maybe just as good. Um, I think the ACC gets weird, but I think NC State survives and hangs on. They, they block a field goal at the end of the game. I got them winning 31-30. to 30. Yeah, I think NC State is going to win this one 17-13. I've had a little bit more faith ever since they got that win against Clemson in the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I think they're going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, it should be a good one, though. That's the ACC Network primetime game this week. So, NC State is a three-point favorite. So, we'll see what happens there. All righty, Army and Wisconsin. Army can run the ball. Wisconsin can defend the run. Army barely passes the ball. Wisconsin can't defend the pass. So, here's what's going to happen. If Army decides that they're going to pass the ball, they win the football game. If Army decides they're going to run the ball, Wisconsin wins the football game. Well, Wisconsin – it's going to be expecting the run, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Wisconsin's going to defend the run. They'll get their offensive woes back on track. Um, I've got them winning this one 31 to 20. Yep. Said it perfectly, George. Uh, Wisconsin's going to win this one 24 3. 
Um, you know, Army's usually, of course, one-dimensional. And so that's what you should, that's what you should expect. But again, but again, if Army wins, it's because they got a passing touchdown or some sort of passing. Touchdown. Yeah, something like, insane. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only thing is like if Wisconsin wins, yeah. It, if Army wins, we called it because we said that they would do it, but they're not going to do so. so. Um, and we'll wrap it up here with our small schools. Desmond, Samuels, uh, Stephen F. Austin, correct me. Uh, fortunately, they lost to Jacksonville State. I feel like I'm bad luck because ever since I chose them, I think they're one and two. Um, but, you know, they get a bye week to get the, the juju off of them. Um, shame, so <laughs> shame, 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 shame. This, this is a Game of Thrones, George. <laughs> Hey, meanwhile, UTSA, since I've picked them, they have looked never looked better. 6-0, baby, for the first time in school history. They're going into a matchup against the Rice Owls, and they should just dominate, murder, uh, cook, since they're the Rice Owls. Get it? Cook, because it's rice. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my uh, gosh. It's homecoming in the Alamo Dome and homecoming for UTSA. They're going to have a big win, and it's going to keep rolling. They're going to go into that UTEP game. It's going to be an interesting atmosphere. Heck, game day. Game day needs to go to El Paso for the UTSA UTEP game in two in three weeks. Mark it here. You heard it here first that they're going to El Paso. I'm telling you, that game is going to be a, one of the games that is just going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be madness. Rank the Roadrunners, okay? Rank them. They're they they have received votes the last three weeks. Rank them, okay? They're six and zero. They're the only Division One undefeated team that's not ranked. So rank them. Come on now. Rank them, you doubters, you haters. Haters just going to hate, I guess, Desmond, as we wrap up episode 61 and episode number seven of this fourth, fifth quarter podcast in the fourth season. And we'll sign it off, and we'll catch you next week as we wrap up and talk more college football in the future. For he, He's Desmond McLaughlin. I'm George Koff saying so long. Go Cougs, Giga Maggies, and have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you soon.